Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Chicago's Legal Latte, a series of podcasts brought to you by Lavelle Law Limited. Throughout this series, the attorneys from Lavelle Law will share their answers to questions about a variety of topics for individuals and small businesses. To participate in today's discussion, you can email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com. Welcome back, everyone. Jim Mitchell here, and I'm pleased to have the opportunity to spend another quarter hour with you discussing legal topics of interest. Now, in past discussions, we've periodically uh, mentioned the need for a will or an estate plan. We've talked about the ins and outs of properly preparing them. Today, as we often get to do here on the podcast, we're going to now dig a little bit deeper into the subject and take uh, perhaps a reverse view of it as we talk about some issues that can arise after a person's death, even if they have a will in place, Uh, some some different perspective, and here to share their knowledge on the topic is Attorney Attorney Jennifer Burt of Lavelle Law Limited. Uh, Sounds like a very interesting topic today, so I'm looking forward to it. Jennifer, thanks very much for being a part of our discussion, and welcome back. Thank you so much, Jim. So let's start off with just a few basic questions. Um, first of all, just give us a real quick, you know, 30-second refresher on wills in general. What's what's their purpose? Why are they important? Well, a will is a will is important because you can uh, indicate in the will who who out of your relatives or friends you want to receive your belongings, your money, your home after your death. And uh, to be a little more specific, a person who creates a will should try to make sure that that will isn't going to be contested after their death and that it won't be subject to a will contest. Yeah, let's talk about that because certainly, you know, having a a will in place helps settle the estate um, and should lead to that orderly distribution. But it it does sound like there are ways that it it can be challenged. So tell us a little bit about someone having a will contested, what that means and how it happens. So a will contest is a formal objection that is filed by a person who who would have an interest in the will or could have had an interest in the will. And they file it in court and they state essentially that it doesn't, the will that was filed doesn't reflect the intention of the deceased person. And that has to be filed within six months after the will is admitted into probate. So, and, and you mentioned someone who did have or could have an interest. So we're not necessarily even talking about family member, it could be a business partner, it could be someone that they knew had a relationship with in some way. Really, anybody associated has the chance to at least file that objection then. As long as they would have had an interest under the will. Not just anybody walking down the street can file a will contest. Um, So they'd have to have some standing to do so. Okay. All right. Now, today, the topic that uh, that I think we want to get to and, and talk about a little bit is, is you know, that, that type of uh, objection to a will, contesting a will. And one of the terms that comes up is, and I'm going to make sure I get this right, testamentary capacity, which sounds like, oh, boy, here we go with a legal term. You want to break that down for us and tell us what we're going to be talking about? So when a when a will contest is filed, oftentimes one of the counts is lack of testamentary capacity. And essentially what that means is, is that the testator, the person who wrote the will, who's now deceased, lacked the mental ability to know he was making the will, to know and remember the natural objects of his bounty, like his children or his family, 
to comprehend the character and extent of his property, meaning how much was his house worth, how much money did he have, how much assets does he have, and to make a disposition of his property according to a plan formed in his own mind. And if someone is going to contest under those terms, you know, what do they have to prove to uh, to have to have a case? I mean, how do you go about proving that uh, that capacity was not there? Well, at first, you just allege it in the will in the will contest. It's kind of like a complaint that gets filed, um, and then after thereafter, through written discovery and through depositions, you try to um, uh, prove your case. And that can come in a variety of different ways in discovery. Okay. Now that you know could be, I, I think, a, a detailed discussion. Um, but I, I think we're going to kind of talk a little bit more on a proactive side today. Um, we often on the podcast with some of your peers here uh, advocate working with an experienced attorney to prepare documents and uh, both for wills and estate plans and, and a lot of other personal and, and business dealings. So as we look at a will and trying to position it that it won't be contested, are there steps that you can recommend to someone that they take when preparing a will to, to make sure that they're protected against this type of claim? Yes. Uh, many people will go and actually see a doctor, but that doctor should know what to do in order to test you whether or not you have testamentary capacity. Um, the doctor will perform a complete analysis of your competency and it will involve a series of questions that will uh, elicit responses that would uh, essentially refute all of the elements of lack of testamentary capacity. Sometimes they'll tape it, um, and each of those questions would be aimed at each and every element of the testamentary capacity. And the doctor will document everything, keep the responses, keep an accurate uh, and complete record of the conversation. That way, in the event that anybody does contest the will, um, they'll be much less likely to continue on if you actually have documentation from a doctor showing that you visited a doctor, and that will be a lot harder to refute. Great. Well, and I want to talk about that process a little bit here, but just to clarify, if you go through this process and the doctor um, runs through this list of questions, do you then, as as the um, person with the will, do you walk out of that office with a copy of this? Does it stay in your possession? Does it get filed with the doctor? Is it, uh, you know, how, how do those documents reside so that they're accessible if somebody needs them? I think it might be wise to have, well, obviously, keep one with the doctor because after your death, maybe people won't know that it exists. Um, so, you know, the first thing they're probably going to do if they if there's a will contest for lack of testamentary capacity is actually get your documents from the, your medical doctor. So definitely keep a copy with your medical doctor. But, you know, maybe taking a copy for yourself and putting it with your wills wherever you're keeping your wills might be also a good idea. Okay. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about that process now. You go, you go see a doctor. What type of questions should they be asking you then to help, you know, present your case that, in fact, you were, you know, prepared to make this will and you knew what you were doing. How, how do they kind of work through that? Well, a few questions. Now, each question should be actually directed toward the elements of testamentary capacity. So one of the uh, one of the elements is that uh, you comprehend the character and extent of your property. So some of those questions might be, what is your current financial worth? Describe your financial assets. What are your monthly expenses? What is your monthly income? Okay. And those, as you said, those sort of deal with the, the financial aspect, the, the expenses. 
would there be a similar set of questions regarding your family or family relationships as well? Yes. Uh, one of the elements is to know and remember the natural objects of your bounty. And so some of those questions might be, who are your relatives? What is your re- relationship like with each of your relatives? Have any of your relatives treated you unfairly? And then if yes, you want to describe that. Okay. And we're, we're going to get back to that in a minute. I just want to touch base here just as people Maybe joining us, uh, Attorney Jennifer Bird is, is my guest on Chicago's Legal Latte today, and we're we're talking about a way ways in which a uh, will can be contested via a lack of testamentary capacity claim, uh, and most recently in our discussion, um, you know how we go about preventing that. And Jen is an attorney at Lavelle Law Limited, has been sharing some very sound advice for us, and kind of walking us through a list of questions that uh, someone who is changing a will or writing a will might. Uh, sit down with a doctor and record as means of, of proving that capacity. Um, we talked about a couple of those those key areas there. I, I guess just the process of creating a will and having a document is, is another critical area. Would, would there be some questions around that as well? I'm sorry, what was that, Jim, the last question? In, yeah, in terms of, you know, what making sure that they know what the will is, what it represents, and and questioning them about the process of creating a will. Would a doctor have some questions around that? Yes, they would ask you, what is your understanding of the will? Um, Have you ever made a will before? Have you made any changes to your will recently? And if yes, why? Um, They might ask you why you left certain amounts to certain relatives and why you didn't leave amounts to other relatives or whether or not you excluded any relatives. And they might ask you why you did that. So it starts to get into some of the details there. Now, this, you know, what we've been talking about is is sort of a discussion, a question and answer session. Um, are there any further steps that can be taken that would actually be more of a uh, exam or a, a medical test of some sort that might also be used, or do we strictly strictly stick with this line of questions? There are there. There's actually various uh, tools that doctors use to determine whether or not you have any cognitive cognitive disorder. Um, those tools could include what's called a mini mental state examination or a cognitive abilities screening instrument or a mini cog or maybe a combination of those. And those are tests that are uh, generally accepted and will uh, indicate to the doctor whether or not you have any type of cognitive disorder which would um, uh, make your will potentially subject to an attack after your death. And and I assume that this can be done by just your family doctor or regular practitioner. This isn't a specialist of any sort that you would need to see to go through these tests? You know, that's a a good question because I think uh, doctors should know what to do. Um, But I did run into a situation most recently where, and and that's where this podcast is kind of coming from, is uh, the doctor did not know what he was doing and didn't ask all those questions and didn't perform the test. So I would definitely check with your doctor, make sure you know he knows what you're trying to do and uh, that he maybe takes a little bit of time to make sure he's complying with all the requirements. Okay, and that's interesting too. I we, we always talk about consulting an attorney or a professional, whether it might be a, an accountant or whoever. In this case where we are talking about the list of questions to prove the, the mental capacity, um, it is, is it required or at least recommended that this actually be done with a doctor as opposed to sitting down with uh, an attorney and going through the same list of questions and recording the answers? 
Yeah, I think it's always, uh, cer- certainly any of the uh, tests that a doctor would perform would definitely need to be performed by a doctor, like the mini mental state exam and the cognitive ability screening instrument. Um, with the questions, I, your, your attorney could ask those questions and also keep those in the file, but I think it always looks better from a doctor's tanspo- standpoint when they're actually testing whether or not you have the capacity uh, mentally to execute a will. And And when it comes to potential challenges to the mental capacity. Do you see this most often with people who might be uh, elderly, who maybe are beginning to um, experience, you know, various uh, deterioration or even affliction of like uh, Alzheimer's, or should really anybody who's doing a will go ahead and walk through this process? Well, I think there would probably, obviously it's going to happen a lot more with older people. Um, and it's going to be a lot easier uh, to try to prove if it's an older person versus a younger person who's never had any cognitive issues previously. Um, but it can occur in any case. I mean, any anybody can file a will contest um, as long as they have an interest in the will, um, indicating that they don't believe that the will uh, is valid. Okay. And then, then any we've got just a couple seconds left here. Any. Uh, other issues that you would want to bring up relative to this scenario that people should be aware of as they start to prepare or, more importantly, perhaps change a will? No, I think that covers it, Jim. Okay. Well, it's uh, certainly perfect timing then. I want to uh, thank Jennifer Burt for joining us today. Uh, always uh, appreciate the help from the folks at Lavelle Law Limited. Um, you know, you can you can reach Jen or any of her colleagues uh, at 847-705-7555. Uh, or visit the website at lavellelaw.com. Uh, while you're there, you, you not only find profiles of the attorneys, but read many articles written by them in their specific practice areas. And finally, when you visit lavellelaw.com, you're also going to uh, discover the entire collection of podcasts that we have. So you can listen to any of those that you might have missed and get a little free information on matters of interest to you. Those are also available here on Blog Talk Radio and and can also be downloaded from iTunes, so plenty of opportunities to catch up. Next week, I'm scheduled to speak with attorney Christina Regal. We'll focus on protecting children during divorce proceedings and the role that uh, court-appointed attorneys may play when custody is being argued. So an important discussion for us, always informative when Christina comes by, and I look forward to having you join us for that. Thanks. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Chicago's Legal Latte. If you have any questions or topics for a future episode, please call Lavelle Law Limited at 847-705-7555 or email us at podcast at lavellelaw.com.